welcome back, guys, to another episode of Brothers After Dark. I got a really, really special guest today. Um, his name is Jason Barrett, creator of Haru. What's going on, man? Uh, what's going on, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. Good to hear your voice. Good to see your face. The yeah. wonders of modern technology. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So where are you located right now? So I'm actually in London, England. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 we're over here doing stuff, um, just trying to get through this whole lockdown. But yeah, we're in the UK, United Kingdom stand up. Shout out to that. I, I've always wanted to go out there, but I just never got around. And um, eventually I'm gonna come out there. I'm eventually gonna come out there. Hopefully oh, I can you, link up with you and you show me yeah, around. Yeah, you, you, know. you got the connect now, bro. You got the connect. <laughs> I, I love showing people my city, man. I love yeah. showing people around the city. All right, cool, cool, cool. So you grew up there or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my parents are both from Jamaica. So, um, as you know, yes, as you know, well, or you might not know, after the Second World War, around 1948, um, the Windrush generation. So, my grandparents came from the Caribbean to um, England to help rebuild the country. Um, so, because we were a part of the Commonwealth, they came there and were just like, "The mother country needs you," because you know the Germans had bombed the hell out of. Yeah. Of the UK, and so a mass, um, um, a mass influx of um, invited immigrants um, came from Jamaica, and then my parents, and so on and so forth. And so we're here, kind of third generation now um, in the UK. So there's a strong black community um, out wow. here in the UK. Oh, I now I definitely got to come out there. I definitely got to come out there. <laughs> That's something new. I. I never knew, like I knew a little bit about the history of it, but I didn't know there was a strong presence of black people down there. I didn't, I didn't. Really oh know yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, and, um, you know, and there's been such lo lots of waves of that, you know, kind of okay. immigration vibe. So there's a lot of Nigerians, a lot of Ghanaians here. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the vast majority of, well, it's hard to say if it's Caribbean anymore, actually, because in the, in the eighties, a mass of Nigerians and Ghanaians came into the country. So, you know, um, and, and what, you know, we've got that energy like you guys, like the African-Americans, yeah. we've got yeah. that vibe, you know, we had that vibrance to the city. Yeah. So yeah, man, we're here. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to get right into it. Um, no. so my first question I'm going to start off is how I want to know how you got into um, from where you are now to how you from way back then walk me through how did you get to where you are now making um, your comic book? Oh, man. So um, I've always been um, a comic book collector. You know, I probably started collecting when I was about 11, 10 years old, something like that. You know, really actually, you know, making sure everything's bagged and boarded yep. Yep. <laughs> not just you know you know really taking it seriously so i've always been a big marvel fan as well marvel's been my my thing um uh, but interestingly my favorite hero was superman so even though he's okay. from dc you know what i mean he's the yeah. guy but but for me it was always marvel so i collected the mighty thor i collected captain america nice um, and I collected uh, Silver Surfer. They were my main. Oh, you know? Silver Surfer, man. Surfer, baby. You know? He don't. He so, don't get a lot of like. He don't get a lot of like. Um, like, like I guess representation. Like, like back then, yeah. But like not now. Like they had the Fantastic Four movies, and they were kind of horrible. And um, and, and I think that's part of the problem. I think they kind of you know they tried the Rise of the Silver Surfer movie. 
Um, you know, the only good thing is that they used um, Lawrence Fishburne's voice for the surfer. But yeah. to be else, to be honest, everything outside of that was horrible. You know, the yeah. movies were horrible. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. You know yeah, what I mean? We're gonna be real with that. Yeah. Yeah, man, they were horrible. So, um, so yeah, you're right. Surfer doesn't get the love, man. And I think I've always liked the outer space stuff, the cosmic shit, mm, you know. Okay. So, like Quasar, even for a minute, I collected yeah. Quasar, okay. you know, because again, I like that. I like the the cosmic um, extra universe stuff, you know. I think that's probably why I like Thor because he had a lot of interaction with yep. Galactus, with the Nine Realms and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, but again, I, as I always say, I've always loved comic books. I've always enjoyed them immensely, but I, 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 the black guys never seem to have good powers. So mm. I, I never loved the black heroes in the same way that I love the, the white heroes. I like, you know, mm. the, it's just a fact they were never as good, you know, yeah. war machines, not as good as Iron Man, yeah. Falcons, not as good as Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's what it is, you know? And so, um. When I got, uh, I, I started out uh, filmmaking, um, which I still do, um, you know, kind of shoot, shooting commercials and music videos. And then I made a feature film um, in 2010 called The Naked Poet. And um, it was like a kind of a love story type thing. And right. um, uh, I, so I've always been interested in, 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 in making like a, a, you know, really big, kind of you know like an avengers infinity war endgame type of thing because for me it's important that you know the superpowers look right the flight scenes have got to be yeah. right yeah. but obviously it costs hundreds of millions of dollars so i thought how can i do it um to get the ball rolling so i'd originally written heru as a feature film script okay and then i kind of couldn't raise the funds that i wanted um, you know, we probably raised about, you know, 1.5 million or something like not, nothing that's going to do anything interesting. You know, that's you're not going to do it. It's still good, though. That's still good. You raised that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not, you know, it, it, it definitely is. But in, in film terms, that's still yeah, considered yeah. a low budget movie. Yeah. So, um, so I thought, you know what, let's, let's wheel it back. So I basically decided I'm going to just do it as a graphic novel. Then I can be as massive as I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um and build the following, build the audience, then go back to the investors and say, look, we've got, we've done X amount of sales, we've got this kind of interest, let's kind of now look at doing either a live action or a, a, a series or a movie, you know? And so okay. what I'm really into is bringing different genres together, like genre clashes, you know? Um, so for example, I think the first one I experienced was um, uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Remember that film? That yeah. movie? Right. It, wasn't was that, like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad of a movie. Exactly that. And, but it was the concept of cowboys and aliens. And we had one out here called Attack the Block, which was... I you seen know, it. I seen it. Right. So okay, I seen it. Aliens and homeboys. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and kind of, bring, you know, bringing them together. So I was thinking, um, I like the idea of, of, of superheroes mm -hmm. and slave movies. So, yeah. you know, R Roots meets Luke Cage, you know. Okay, I like, I like that. You know what I mean? Roots meets Superman or Underground meets Superman. Let, yeah. Let's bring that together and, and how would that look? So, um, you remember the what ifs? Yeah. The what if in Marvel? Yeah. Right, so I'm thinking, what if during slavery we had a Superman? How would the world look today? And that was the question that Heru 
arcs and answers. How would the world look today if during slavery we had a Superman? And, and, and that's kind of where I built it from. Um, and I took the name Heru because, um, first of all, he's an, an, an African deity, yeah. um, which the Greeks called Horus. So his Greek name is Horus. The African name is Heru. And the root word for our English word hero mm-hmm. comes from that word Heru. And that's why I used the whole, the first hero was Heru. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, um, and there are no Egyptian influences on English. Well, it, it's Egyptian influenced um, uh, Greek, Greek influenced Roman, mm-hmm. Roman influenced Latin, Latin influences English. So that's the chain of events, yeah. um, how we get to, to that conclusion. So, so yeah, so, so to be honest, that was kind of the energy behind the whole thing. It was really a kind of what if scenario, but it was, you know, and then just bringing two genres together and kind of presenting it that way. And, and of course, you know, I was always looking at the US as a, as a major marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you've got you know, allegedly around between 35 and 85 million African-Americans um, and African-Americans love superhero flicks and they love slavery. I don't know why, but they like slavery movies too. So, <laughs> so you know, looking at them as a marketplace, it kind of also made sense. Wow, man. Wow. So you saying all that stuff, it just, it's like, wow, I'm not the only person in the world that has yeah, these ideas. So me, myself, I, I'm trying to, you know, create my stuff on the side, but, you know, I want to interview other people and, and give that information out there. But you saying all that stuff is like, wow. So it's like those ideas that you have, it, it makes me feel so much better that it's someone else out there that's trying to do the same thing as me and all that other stuff. And it's, it's cool. Um, and I definitely want to pick your brain probably later on more about that stuff. But um, how did you... Um, get together the comic book what was the process of putting it putting together that um complete packaged comic book all right so um first of all, like i said i'd written it as a feature film script at first mm-hmm. so i had to kind of condense the the dialogue and then start drawing now i'm not the best drawer in the world okay um so i basically ordered a copy of how to draw comic books the marvel way um um stanley and uh god who's who's his partner his original partner how has that happened it would come back it would come back stan and oh that's a name too i think i know who you're talking jack kirby i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna google it quickly but um yeah is it jack kirby there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Boom. Now at least one of us got it. Yeah. So, so Stan and Jack. Stan and Jack. Um, and so I looked at, so I, I, you know, I kind of read that. Um, you know, I heard something once that was that all, the inf- all the information of the world is in a book somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you just need to go and look for it. And so if you want to do something, somebody somewhere has already tried to do it. And so um, if life is about creating something that's already been there in a new way, presenting something old in a new way. And so I decided to just, let me research this. Let me see how these guys did it. Let me see how they did the illustrations and so on and so forth. And I kind of took time, read, practiced, and then said, right, I know I can get it to a certain level. And then what I'll do is bring in an illustrator and a colorist to take it to the next level. But at least I'll be able to be good enough to map out the storyboard um, in a way that was... 
um, uh, that they could understand, that they could comprehend. And so, so I, I, I did that. Um, and I reached out to different illustrators, it, which was a really tedious process. It, yeah. it really was because, um, you know, we got one guy, for example, we got the guys who did test pages and mm-hmm. guys would send back the stuff and some of them were terrible and really believed their own hype because art is subjective, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what ma- one man might think is amazing, someone else thinks, you know, is absolute mm-hmm. nonsense. And yeah, so true. I had a lot of that and that was quite expensive because we were paying for the test pages. Um, and then I had one guy who was brilliant and he got six pages deep and then said, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be so much work and just, just, just disappeared on okay. me. So I had to find another guy, eventually found another artist in uh, Dallas, in okay. Dallas, Texas, um, called um, Kevin Phillips. And, you know, Kevin was brilliant um, for book one. And he just kind of got my vision, just understood what, what I needed. And he tried his best to match the original six pages. So I didn't have to re, um, you know, pay again for those six. Okay. Um, eventually it didn't work, it didn't match. And so he kind of gave me the original six at a discounted rate. I think half, he said, look, I'll do these for half price because you've already paid for them and I just like what you're doing. And, um, and then we got a colorist in Australia, a guy called Matt James. And so we were basically just kind of bouncing these files around the world, UK to the US, from the US to Australia, then back to the UK nice. for a check. And so, you know, just kind of, like I say, you know, technology is really put us in a space where we can, you know, link up with people mm-hmm. and we can do great stuff. So I get so many people DM me and say, I'm not a good artist. How do I? And I'm like, you don't have to be, you know, there are good artists out there. Find one and collaborate, you know, bring your stuff together um, and, 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 and get, get the job done. Either offer them, you know, a piece of the action or just pay them and just get it done. And so, um, so yeah, so that was kind of, so getting it to that point, getting the first book, I think was 48 pages. Um, and I wanted it full color. I wanted it. One of the things that I think, and especially as a black person, that we must always be as professional as we can. We, we, we have to, you know, and I think a lot of the time, and I've been, I've been guilty of this is that thinking because I'm black and because I'm doing stuff for black people, that all the black people in the world are just going to buy it. Yeah. No. And, and, and so sometimes the quality is lacking. And so I took mm-hmm. my two copies of the Thanos quest um, and I looked at them and I said, I want book one to look, look like this or better. I want it to be perfect bound. I want it to be, you know, um, gloss lamb. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to have the presentation must look like this. And so that was the standard that I was kind of aiming for. And, and I think we hit it, you know, I think we, 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 we hit it with, with, with book one and two. Um, so yeah, so bringing it to, um, and you know, reaching out to the printers, once you get the actual work done, um, printing side of it's not really that much of a problem. It's just kind of, but, and I say this and people have got to understand when you are budgeting, most of us, and I think I read this um, from Dr. Claude Anderson okay. in a book called, um, I think it was Powernomics. And he says in there is, whatever your budget is for your project, make sure that your marketing budget is at least the same. And what happens with a lot of us creatives is that we've got, we spend all of our money getting the product done and we get to the end of it and we've got an amazing product and we're so happy, but no one ever finds out about it because we've got nothing left. We used every penny to get to the finish line, not realizing that the finish line is actually the start line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so once you've finished, 
Now you're starting again on marketing, distribution, advertising, and getting the word out there. And there's no point in having the most amazing product and nobody knows about it, you know? And then what ends up happening is, you know, we kind of, you know, want to headlock our family and friends, buy my thing, and they don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get bitter with them and we hate them. And then we start hating black, black people make me sick. And it's just one of them ones. So... Um, I always maintain, just just uh, always make sure that when if you're budgeting, if your budget's ten thousand, make sure you've got twenty thousand okay. um, to get out there because you know I know that there's a lot of amazing projects that are sitting on people's shelves, man, and you've got a lot of heartbroken and pocket broken people because they spent all their money thinking they've got the greatest thing ever, uh, but no one ever heard about it, and so that was also an important thing for me was to kind of have the ability to go out and to vend to kind of put little adverts together and get nice posters done and really try my best to make sure that um, people know about the product because I I, I think it's a good idea. I'd be interested in it if I, as a collector myself and so, um, and as a black person, you know, so that was kind of the energy. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. I like it. I like it. So um, next question I'm going to move on to is um, what would you tell an up and cupping uh, up and coming artists um, or creator, um, what they should do, you know, besides like what you were saying earlier, the budget and, and like reaching out to um, other, if you can't draw other artists, uh, what mm-hmm. would you tell an up and coming person that wants to make a comic book like yourself? I think first of all, um, get your ideas down uh, a lot of it on paper. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, write the vision down, make it plain. You know, it says tablets, but we we can work with, um, uh, you know, or a tablet, you know, we've got a new kind of tablet. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think they were talking about stone tablets, but yeah, (laughs) you know, write write the vision down, make it plain. And I think that's kind of step one. You know, I've got a thing that I, I always like to say. I think I heard it from Les Brown and he says, start by starting and do by doing. A lot of the time, what we get caught up in is talking. We get caught up in saying what we're going to do. And it's just down the road somewhere. Yeah. And we've got such amazing ideas in our head, you know, fantastic ideas, but we never put them down on paper. We never get them written down. We never structure a story. And I find a lot of what we, um, and what we, what don't, I'll tell you another, what not to do. Don't, I get a lot of people contact me and say, yo, bro, I've got a great idea. You know, do this and do this and do that. And do, like one thing that we are not short of as black people is ideas. Yeah. yeah. What we're short of is getting them done is the yeah. action side of it. And so for me, start by starting, do by doing. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is get something written down, you know, get your script written down, get your ideas laid out, get your character profiles down, you know, what are their abilities? What's their backstory? Get all of that down because what you'll find is as you're doing it, it just starts to build and to build and to build and to build until, you know, you've got stuff written. Sometimes I read back stuff and I, I genuinely feel like I must have channeled that from somewhere else because I don't even remember writing that shit like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, some dope shit comes out, but that will happen if you actually start the process of actually writing it down and getting it done. So I think, you know, 101 is start by starting and do by doing. Um, Just lay out your, your kind of story, know where you're going as well. So make sure you've got the ending, know where it's going. Yeah. 
when you don't know where it's going, it ends up going all over the place. And a lot of people, you get things like Heroes, season one, amazing. And then it slowly just got worse and worse and worse and worse until it was terrible. And the reason is, A, they didn't expect it to be so successful. And B, they didn't have an end point. The, you know, they changed the end point. They changed it. And so because of the success of, of the season, now they're trying to create other... No, know where you're going and work towards that. So with Heru, um, the f I've got five books. And at the end of that five books, it launches my entire universe. So at the end of those five books, we move into the age of heroes and villains. And then we, we're moving forward there. But there's a specific beginning, middle point and ending. And so I think that's very important as well. For um, so, so that's on the creative side. Um, on the practical side, reaching out, you know, um, you know, looking at going onto these different sites, looking at these guys, um, their, their artwork and stuff, mm -hmm. kind of seeing stylistically, if you're not a drawer or an artist yourself, stylistically seeing what you like. And just, even if you just, um, you know, it says add to favorites. So at least you've just got people there so that when you are ready, when you've got your money together and so on and so forth then, you know, you're ready to rock and roll. But it is about planning and having a plan and not just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah. Because, man, we can be doing that for 10, 15 years, man. And Seriously. And look back and it's like, wow, 10 years ago, I could have been had that book ready. Exactly. Yeah. You know, in that real talk, man, real talk. So I think, you know, we've got a carpe diem, man. We've definitely got to seize the day. We've got to and approach it with that energy and that professionalism, you know, because, um, you know, where, where, where focus goes, energy flows and results show. And I Ooh. think that's such an important thing, you know, yeah. to put that focus there, get that energy going. In. You're going to see those results. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Cool. I, I like it. So since you mentioned all five of your books, you don't have to go into too much detail, but can you briefly touch on each one of them? Just like, you don't have to, you don't have to say a lot, but just briefly yeah, touch yeah, on yeah. it. So, so book one is called the first hero. It's the origin story, how Heru gets his abilities. Um, book two is called plantation wars. So in plantation wars, it's exactly that. It's, it's the uprising of the enslaved. And, um, you know, uh, book three is called the God catchers. Um, and some, some that basically we get introduced to kind of the, the back, back story. So we kind of go way back. We go back to the Anunnaki and the Elohim, you know, we go back and we find out some things about Heru that we kind of, we didn't know before. Um, and we find, and, and the, I've, I've included the pantheon of, of Egyptian gods, in, in, in the series. So you've got Lord Anpu, um, often called Anubis. Um, we've got Ma'at and, and so on and so forth are in there. And so the God catchers is, is basically the, hum the, the enslaved trying to um, get the power of the gods after they've seen what Heru's done. So um, book four is um, uh, Fall of an Empire and the rise of another, basically. And um, book five is The Return. Um, so in one of the books, basically, Heru is gone for 600 years. To him, it seems like six days. But when he comes back, we are now... So we start off in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And by the time we get to book five, we're in the year 2021 now. Um, but the world is a very different place. Yeah, <laughs> a I'm, very different place. I'm excited to read all five so, of them. You just got yeah, me yeah. hyped to read them. <laughs> you got me hyped, so I'm definitely going <laughs> to... Yeah. yeah, 
So, um, and like I say, then at the end of that book, we have um, the introduction to the age of heroes and villains. And, um, and then I've also got a side story that's going to be ongoing, which is that, that 600 years that Harry was away, and that's called oh. Sixth Century. So okay. we, we see kind of what was happening um, while he was away, basically. So, yeah, um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. And I think that's another thing, man. You've got to be excited about what you're doing, man. You, yeah. You've got to have that energy and that enthusiasm to let other people catch it. They'll catch it, you know? Yeah. It's actually contagious, baby. So, you yeah, know, it is. It like yo 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 this is what's going and you know people kind of get that energy and, and kind of invest in, in in into that as well so i think that's um a very powerful thing for up-and-coming creators and you know especially up-and-coming black creators um i heard one of the guys recently was doing an int uh, he, he kind of broke something he was talking about covid and saying that you know a lot of people were planning on going out vending and if their only uh, marketplace was vending yeah. then um you know they then then they're in trouble so they need to have other streams and it was great advice yeah. but i just found it interesting the wording was our competitors and for me i just don't see none of the other black independent creatives no. even the white indies to be honest i don't see them as competitors in that way i genuinely feel like truth cannot compete against truth no. you know um it confirms it and i just feel like and so i actively try to promote you know, other guys, those guys over at Panificent doing Knife Boy, you know, the boys at Concrete Comics, they're doing oh. great stuff. The Absolver, yeah, they're doing great stuff. Odina, the baddest. I have to interview them yesterday. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, they, they're my guys, man. Yeah. They're doing great stuff over there, you know. So, um, Acolyte, you know, all of these great stuff. You've got these guys that are doing black. Um, so there's just a lot of, you know, great, uh, Webway Comics, they're doing um, It's Nana, um, Greg, he's out of New York. So, you know, there's some great stuff going on. Um, yeah, some great stuff going on. And and that's what I want to see, you know. I want to see our stories being told in yeah. new and exciting, vibrant ways to kind of engage us because I see the reactions. One of the things that I love about being out vending, I see the reactions to these kids when they see Heru. You know, when they see that, that poster and, yeah, and they yeah. come running over, oh man, I love it because that, that look on their face, I remember it. Yeah. And I also remember, but I had that for Superman and stuff. And I think one of the reasons why, um, I'm a black studies teacher and yeah. um, I study a guy called Franz, um, Franz Fanon um, and he has this concept called... Um, uh, schizoid play and restricted play and to kind of in brief what it basically is discussing is do you remember those comic books Asterix the Gaul I used to collect those as well Asterix yeah. and Obelix and so on and so forth and anytime you read those comics the black people in those comics had a very specific look big lips a bone through the nose mm -hmm. big gold earrings leopard skin boxer shorts always very very fat and they'd be carrying around white people on shields. Yeah, the Romans and the Gauls. And I remember reading those books as a young, you know, 11, 12 years old, laughing at any time I saw those black guys in there, not realizing I was laughing at myself yeah. because that's me. But I'm laughing. And the reason I'm laughing is because I'm experiencing the book from the perspective of Asterix. When I'm reading, I'm identifying as Asterix. So yeah. I can laugh at those, ah, look at those Africans. Ah, yeah. Not realize that I'm actually, I am African. You're laughing yeah. at yourself, B. 
that's you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so, what Fanon says is that whenever your son is or daughter is running around the garden with their towel in the back of their t-shirt, pretending that they're Superman or Supergirl, in yeah. that moment they are experiencing themselves as Europeans. They're seeing themselves as white. And he said, if they're not, if somehow you've got a three-year-old that says, dad, I am not reading these comics. They are brainwashing the African-American people. And <laughs> the incredible three-year-old. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if he, he then has what's called restricted play, which means he never ever gets to become the hero. Okay. Because he never sees himself as the, as the hero, he never gets to become the hero. And so for me, it was really, really important because, because I can really identify with that. I can identify with drawing myself, you know, when I was younger as Superman, but, you know, my, my hair was blonde and I still had that S, not realizing Afro hair can't give you that fringe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, Harry was important. So when I see those, the children react to it, or, you know, we did a poster um, when Heroes Unite to mm -hmm. celebrate the release of book two. And it had all of my favorite black heroes on there. Um, did you see it? Um, I glazed over it, but yeah, I put the post. I, I put a post up, but um, I'll go and grab one. But um, it had all of them. So I've got Storm. I've got Black Panther. I've got Blade. I've got Blue Marvel. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and then I put Heru in the center. And um, even those posters, I get mums texting me. Oh my god, my son loves it. I've got to frame it and put it on the wall. You know, and because what they're seeing is themselves. You know, they they they're beginning to see that they can also be heroes. And I I just don't think it's interesting because I had so many when I put that post up. I had so many white people. Why are all the, why are all of these black? But when the reverse is up. No one ever has anything. There's no problem with it. Yeah. I even had black people asking me, why have you done, why is everyone black? And I'm like, wow, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, so it's really important to kind of represent ourselves and, 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 and tell our story and also have control of our imagery. And that is, that, that, that's, that's paramount. Yeah. And, and the thing is with that is that when, when I seen it, I was, I was excited about it. Um, it's just weird to see other people saying like, why is it all black? Like you would love to see like, it's like, oh, I see him and him, like all of them together. And then your character, it's, it was cool when I seen it. It was really cool and I, I love it. And I, and, and it goes for like anything, not even like superheroes, like uh, black, like side characters and like, hey Arnold, like, you know, Gerald and yeah. like any black person and you put them all together from a different, you know, cartoons or series and you're like, that's cool. So it's just like, it's kind of a, a crazy thing that people are so used to seeing, I guess you could say like the all white characters together and not really saying nothing. It, I guess pe society is, I don't want to say brainwashed, but they're used to, that's the norm is see like that's all, right. all white characters together. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. But when black people are all together, that's out of the norm. And I guess some people feel uncomfortable with it, but that's a good thing. You need to feel uncomfortable. Yes. Agreed. Agreed, but because that 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 gets you. That will make you start addressing these things, you know. Um, and because you have to ask yourself, why do I feel uncomfortable? And yeah. and you know, when black people are saying, "Oh, this it looks a bit threatening," and you say, "Well, why?" Because if these were all white characters, would you feel that way? Oh, you're right. 
and it gets them thinking. And I think yeah. one of the biggest sins of the 21st century is simplistic thinking. You know, I think we need to challenge ourselves um, in the way that we think and, and why we think the way that we think. So, yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's another thing for me. It's exciting changing minds, you know. It's yeah. exciting, you know, challenging people, challenging perspectives, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a part of it. So what would you say um, would be important when it comes to having a circle, like a circle of people to help you um, put stuff together? Oh, man, that is majorly important. And it's also important that when you place yourself in certain circles, so there's two things to this. One side is if you're the smartest person in the group, you need a new group. Mm. Yeah. You always need somebody that's challenging you. You always need somebody that's making you think outside of the box. That's causing you to stretch. That's causing you to grow. And a lot of the time what people do is they put themselves in a comfortable situation where they're the go-to guy. They're the smart guy in the group and they, that is comfortable, but you want to be in a situation where you've always got people that are going to be able to challenge you and that are going to be able to stretch you. Um, there's a phrase in the Bible that says iron sharpeneth iron. And I love that phrase because it always reminds me of, you know, we've got these um, things, that, you know, these uh, kebabs here. You know, when you go there, the guy sort of gets the knife and he, you, see, you see him sharpening his knife yeah. before he cuts. And what that shows me is that, you know, you need people around you like you. You need people that have got your ambition, your dynamics, because if one person is wood and the other person is iron and he tries to do that thing, someone's going to end up dull and someone else is going to be chopped up you're going to yeah. damage each other so you need like people that are like you iron sharpeneth iron so i think it's a really important thing to have people around you that challenge you that you know help you stretch um and and it's also important to make sure that you've got people around you that are not haters man you know yeah. that are not you know that are not naysayers mm -hmm. that are not you know they're not carry down artists you know because the truth of the matter is if you've got, an, if you're trying to make an omelet and you've got nine good eggs and one bad egg, that bad egg ruins the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole, the nine good don't make that one right. You know, it. So you got to make sure that when you've got those circles, you've got no bad eggs in the circle, man, because that one person can just capsize the dinghy, you know, and, and make everything go wrong. So I think that's also um, a very important thing. Uh, and knowing your limitations within the circle, you know, sometimes we get this messiah complex and want to um, want to bring everyone up, you know. Uh, and, and most of the time, we're just about surviving ourselves. But we get this kind of thing, like you know, you've got a little modicum of success, and everyone's jumping on you now. And you're rather than sort of saying, "Listen, my G, you know, not right. I'm not in the position yet, but but." Nah, what we end up doing is going, all right, yeah, cool. Okay, okay, and taking on more and more and more. And, and I always say two drowning people can't save each other. You know, wow. someone's got to get to the shore. Someone's got to go and get help. You know? <laughs> so it, it's kind of one of them. Um, so, yeah, but, but... Yeah, you're speaking the truth. Yeah, my G. So, you know, you've got to have those... Um, you've got to have a, that circle around you. but And, and that everyone's kind of, you know, like-minded, you know, that everyone's kind of like-minded. So everyone's pushing forward um, in the same direction, pushing, you know, just because someone's from your hood, someone's from your ends, your neighborhood, 
doesn't necessarily mean that they can come on this journey, B. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not always the case. And some, you know, some those are hard decisions that we've got to make sometimes. But like I say, get to the shore, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Get yourself safe. And then you're in a position now to help other people. But you've got to get there first. Yeah. And I think that's always been a recipe for for disaster. So yeah, but 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 definitely. Um, having the right people around you is, 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 is really, really important. And even just those people that are your cheerleaders, you know, mm-hmm. even those people that are your cheerleaders, you know? You, you do need a couple of cheerleaders because some oh, days yeah. you may have off days and all that other stuff. And, you know, one good thing they say will probably give you that energy to get right back into it. You know what I mean? So it's good to have That's some cheerleaders. Yeah. It's really good. It, it really does, man. And I always tell people on the, on, the, on the gram and on Facebook and on social media, like, you know, if you've got creatives around you and you like their work and let them know, man, you know, tell them that you're feeling it because you don't know what pers- that person's going through. And getting a stranger saying, yo, my G, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. Just that. You just think it keeps you going, man. Let's go. Let's do this. You know, let's do on to the next one. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, I definitely am um, a strong believer in that. All right. So we're going to move on to a couple of personal questions. Not really personal, but like I usually try to ask all my, my guests this. Um, what is a crazy but true fact about you? Wow. Um, a crazy but true fact. Okay. So I am a licensed minister um, so I am licensed to do funerals and burials, and I'm also I also have been to prison. So yeah, <laughs> crazy but true. So, <laughs> and it was in the reverse order. So um, I went from the pulpit to prison, and okay. not the other way around. So yeah. All right. Um, another final one of personal questions. I know you mentioned like Superman um, is one of your favorites. So. Who would be, or like you could say a favorite superhero, comic book. I don't know if you watch anime, but you could throw anime out there. Who is your, your favorite um, superhero or your favorite comic book? Or if you have any anime that you watch, what's your favorite? So um, I'm not the biggest fan of anime. I like, I, I, you know, I watched a bit of Baki, Baki the Grappler. I, I didn't uh-huh. like Baki. I was like... <laughs> I watched a bit of Baki, but I'm old school with the anime. So I remember seeing Akira and I remember thinking, this is fat. That was my introduction to anime. And I was like, yo, all those years ago when Akira came out, fantastic. I was like, you know, um, a legend of the Overfiend as well. We're like, yo, this is some crazy shit. You know, so... Um, so yeah, those were my kind of anime guys. Um, we're going back some years with, with, with those. Obviously, Baki's a lot more, a lot more recent. Um, with regards to, like I say, Superman was was really my hero. But you know, the funny thing is, it wasn't Superman from the comics. It was Christopher Reeves. Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah, from the films that got me into Superman. I just Superman Two is still probably yeah. my all-time favorite superhero film, bar none. Like, like, you know, I loved Infinity War. I loved Endgame, um, the second, the second part of Endgame. You know, I. But Superman two with General Zod, Non, and Ursula yep. is the best superhero flick ever. Exactly. I said what I said. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. It's a classic. Oh man! If so, I would say. Um, 
yeah, I would say that 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 Superman from from the film was 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 my guy, you know. But um, I think in the comics, I really liked the Mighty Thor, and I think that that was the way that he spoke. Cause I used to read the Bible a lot when I was younger, when I was into the church and stuff. I used to read the Bible a lot, and we used to read the King James version of the Bible. Yeah. And so Thor's the way that Thor spoke reminded me of that. So I really loved have it thee villain. I like, you know, <laughs> and I say thee nay. You know, I loved all of that. And I just found it really dramatic and and yeah. So I think interestingly, my my my, my Thor collection and my Silver Surfer collection, I've only got one and two bits of Superman, you know, Superman okay. Doomsday and in, in the collection, but I think Superman for me was was more more the films, um, but I, I love DC animation, man. I think DC, the DCU animated universe is is far superior to Marvel. So, so my question, this is we're gonna segue a little bit. So, with DC and Marvel, Marvel they keep they bringing out these movies, and then DC they keep trying to get success with the movies. What do you think about like what's what's happening with their movies? Do you know what the problem is? I think the problem with um, with DC movies, why they're getting it so wrong, is Marvel, the way that Marvel have always been, has been a little bit more bubblegum. You know, even in their comic books, DC has always been a bit more adult, a bit mm-hmm. darker. And so their success with the Dark Knight stuff, you know, um, has, has been phenomenal because yeah. that fits in with DC. Whereas when you now try and bring... The, you look at something like Justice League, you're going to put a character like Batman in with a character like The Flash. It, it just, the way they did it was just wrong. You know, it, it was just wrong. And they need to go down the, I mean, look at the Joker, you know, the, the latest one. That was brilliant. Yeah. Excellent film, man. Mm-hmm. And it was that darkness that DC, that we can all relate to, you know, Batman the Killing Joke. That darkness that DC has always had. And I just think that why they're not really getting it is because the old Superman films, they weren't dark. The old Superman films were... So you, you need to make a choice. What that's road true. are you going to go down, you know? And I think that that's the problem that they've got is that they've not made that choice. And so you, you don't understand what they're doing. You feel slightly confused when you watch a, 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 a DCU movie, you know? You're just like, well, what, what are we doing here? Is this... You know, you know, like, what's, whereas Marvel have made their choice. We're doing this very comic book, very bubblegum, very Disney. And we go out, we know what we're getting and we enjoy it. You know, but like I say, when DC do the dark stuff, they seem to win. You know, the Joker was a win. The Dark Knight was a win. Heath Ledger, the one with Heath Ledger, it's oh, a win. The win. <laughs> really good. Oh, man, that was, that's a, yeah, it's Dark Knight. It's a really good movie. Oh man, it's a classic. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, and that's the point I think where where DC are, are, are getting it wrong, um, and where Marvel are hands down. But then I, you know, DC get it right with the animations, and Marvel yeah. is horrible. You know, so it's really strange because DC animations are uh, by far superior. Yeah. You know, Flashpoint Paradox, even this latest one, The Apocalypse War. I didn't see it. Yet. I gotta watch it. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, we'll say no more. No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) But they get it right. You know, they get it right. Whereas you watch those Marvel um, animations and they're terrible. 
yeah, you know, yeah. even down to the voices that Marvel can't seem to capture the voices, whereas DC get the right actors in to do the voices. You know, they have like Michael Dawn doing Caliban and, you know, got, you know, Tony Todd, you know, they're getting the yeah. right voices, man. That's, yeah. These are the guys you want to see doing the thing. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man, but I think it's that. I think they just haven't made the right choice, uh, the right choices um, with, with, with where they want to take their movies. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up real quick. So how can anyone find you if they want to have like any questions or they want to advice or um, just pick your brain? How can they find you? Um, so Instagram's probably, I'm best on Instagram. It comes to the phone, you know. So um, our Instagram is jbn underscore comics. So it's J-B-E-O-N underscore comics. Um, so JBN's the name of our company, JBN Limited. And JBN stands for literally Jason Barrett entertains our nation. That's, that's basically what it stands for. So, and, and I can't take credit for it because um, in the UK, we've got a, a, a movie theater uh, or what we call a cinema chain, and it's by a guy. They're called Odeon, and that's he. The guy who created those is a guy called Oscar Deutsch, and it literally okay. means Oscar Deutsch entertains our nation. And so I just liked it and felt boom. So yeah, JBN underscore comics, um, and yeah, you, you hit me on the DM. I, I always respond. Um, I always respond, and um, you know I'm incredibly busy at the moment. Uh, so, you know, guys saying, ah, oh, can we collab on things and stuff? Not right now. Maybe you can hit me back in December and we can see what we can do, but I'm fully booked up until December. This year okay. is like, boom. So, um, yeah, 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 which is a good, yeah, yeah. And a good problem to have. So, yeah. um, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me up in the DM. I'll always try my best to give constructive um, advice and, and so on and so forth. Most, most, most definitely. Um, our website is herucomics.com. So it's just H E R U comics, herucomics, all one word.com. Um, so yeah, we've got a mailing list in there and stuff. So you can also add to that. And we try to just send out updates and that type of thing through the mailing list. All right, man. Um, so right before we wrap it up, um, do you have any last words or any advice, tips, tricks? Um, you know, my brother, I just feel like, um, I think now we have got such amazing technology and now's our time, man. This is, this is the time for the independent creator, man. You know, um, we've been handed amazing tools and let's just make use of them, you know, and let's kind of just be focused and let's just kind of, let's, let's, let's start telling these stories, you know, let's tell these stories and forget, you know, if it's constructive criticism, cool, you know, critique, cool. People that are out here criticizing and talking rubbish, I get inundated with it. Man, block that, block that out. You know the ones there? Let's just block that out and just keep it moving, you know, because now is most definitely our time. And um, let's let's strike while the iron's hot, man, because everything runs in 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 in, in you know ebbs and flows, you know, and now is definitely a time where it's definitely flowing right now. And I feel that there's just massive opportunities. So yeah, get your creative juices flowing. And like I say, start by starting and um, do by doing. All right, man. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you guys. Have a good night. And this is Brothers After Dark. I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.